0: We're on a series in the book of Joshua, and uh, we've been looking at the life of Joshua, and it's amazing about how Joshua seems to have this faith that continues to grow and develop. He has an overcoming faith. And uh, while I was uh, thinking about Joshua and having a faith that just won't quit, I thought about, I was uh, online, and Lori showed me this clip, and you may have seen it, over a million people have. And uh, it's, a, it's a clip about a uh, mama bear and a baby bear. And the mama bear is leading the baby bear and the baby bear just won't quit. So take a look at this. That's great. Yeah, you know, the kind of faith that God describes in the Bible is a faith that does not quit, that does not give up. And it's based on the character of God. And so many times we see that in people's lives, that they seem to have overcoming faith, that they never give up. Has anybody heard of of a guy named Jim Thorpe? That's Jim Thorpe. Do we have a a picture of Jim Thorpe up there, uh, Chris? Jim Thorpe was uh, a famous uh, um, Olympic athlete, and he was no stranger to adversity, He grew up in the 1900s and he was a Native American. So Jim experienced a lot of racism and prejudice, but he also felt the difficulties of life. And there was uh, a time when he was nine years old that he lost his uh, twin uh, brother died. And within a few years, both of his parents passed away. But God blessed Jim Thorpe with this ability as an athlete. He had a God given talent as an athlete. And he was one of the first players that ever played professional baseball and professional football in his career. He did both of those things. But the greatest accomplishment that he ever had was in the 1912 Olympics. Jim Thorpe had gone and competed in two events the pentathlon and the decathlon. One is five events, one is ten events. And in the midst of uh, competing in those events, Jim Thorpe had a problem. Somebody had come and stolen his spikes. And yeah, they did it because they were racist. But if you can see here, I don't know why that's not bigger, but if you can see here, uh, Jim Thorpe decided not to give up, but he went into the garbage can and he found... Two pairs of shoes. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, it's gone. But he had one shoe on, was an athletic shoe, and the other one was a loafer. <laughs> and he put both of those on and ran the race, not giving up. He had enough points to actually win the gold medal. And that's Jim Thorpe. He just had that type of uh, attitude that just would not give up. You see, Jim Thorpe is an example of a person who doesn't quit. And today I want to challenge you about something. I want to challenge you about your faith in Christ. And I want to challenge you to develop your faith in a way that you will never give up trusting in Jesus Christ and his promises. Because he is faithful. He can be depended on. He's faithful and true. He will keep his promises And one of the things that we don't understand sometimes is, it's just not faith in faith, it's faith in a person. It's faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants us to have, faith in him. Now when we look at the story of Joshua, we understand something. That Joshua was in a situation with um, uh, facing an army that he had never faced before. And so God gave some instructions to Joshua. He said, March around the city with your army in the Ark of the Covenant. Have seven priests sounding their seven trumpets. This was not conventional. This was not something that they would do in a regular warfare. This was unheard of. Nobody had ever done this before. March around the city for seven days. And every day you march around it, at the end of the march, blow the trumpets. And then go back to your camp. And then they came out the next day and did the same thing for six days. But then on the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, the priests were blowing their trumpets. And the army shouted with a large shout. And what happened? The walls fell down. The walls fell down. And the army marched in. Now, when we look at Joshua's life, we see that he was somebody... That persevered in what God had told them to do. That, do you know that sometimes the promises that God gives us are conditional? Meaning that God says, I want you to do this, and if you do this, I promise you that this will happen. But there's a part that we play, there's a part that we have to also be involved in what God has promised. So, there's some things that say, you know, and there's some uh, scriptures that say, draw near to God, and what is the promise? He will draw near to you. If we confess our sins to God, what? He's faithful and just, and He'll forgive us our sins. If we seek Him, what does He say? We'll find Him. Jesus said in the Gospels, give, and it shall be what? Given unto you. So, there's a principle there of giving. That God, that we're also supposed to actual, actualize our faith and give. And then there's the Lord's Prayer. It says this, Forgive us as we have forgiven others. There's a promise there, but it's also conditional. So there's sometimes often, quite often, the promises of God are conditional. They're conditional on our being willing to follow what God has said in the promise. And Joshua did this. You know when we think about that Joshua marched around the city blows the trumpet seven times and then the walls fall down. And Hebrews says something about this. In fact in the uh, Hall of Faith they call it the chapter that has all the people of the Hall of Faith it says by the walls of by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around it for seven days. And that, and then I also think about Rahab's family. She also made it into this Chapter And we talked about Rahab a few weeks ago. She was a prostitute who had helped the spies uh, that had come to spy out the city of Jericho, and because she helped them, she asked this, the spies, "Would you remember me when the lord's army comes here and Jericho is defeated? Would you remember me?" And they said, "Yes, we'll remember you, but you have to tie a scarlet cord out your window. Bring your family." And everybody that belongs to your family, your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, and all that belong to them, bring them into your home and you will be safe. So there was a um, condition to this promise that God had given to her. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. But she also gathered her family, the Bible says. And because they gathered there, they were safe. Now think about that. The army of Joshua starts marching around the first time. What does Rahab do? She goes and talks to her brother and sister and says, Look, it, if you want to be safe, look, at the city's going to fall. I know it. She believed it. She saw it coming. And uh, they had a choice to make. Am I going to go into Rahab's house now? Am I going to go into my sister's house or my, my uh, relative's house? And be safe or I'm going to take my fate in my own hands. It's the same thing that Jesus says to us when he says, I love you, I want you to follow me, but you need to receive me into your life. Will you receive me into your life? And that's the question that God gives every person. Gives them the ability to be safe from his wrath because the Lord is able to forgive us. And so Rahab does that. It happens for six days, so I believe it was the mercy of God also a plan for Rahab so that she would be saved, her family would be saved, and all those that belonged to her would be safe. They had time to decide to repent and believe and have faith in what Rahab had said and and what God was going to do. The Scripture says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings. One of the things about faith is when you persevere in faith, you'll have a greater assurance the more you place your faith in Christ. It'll grow. The insurance will grow. So many people say, you know, I don't have any assurance that God loves me. I don't have any assurance that God has forgiven me of my sin. I try to tell those people is, what are you believing? Are you believing yourself or are you believing what God says? And so you have to develop your faith. You have to develop what God has said and say, God, I believe your promise. I trust you. And then the scripture says right after that, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And so this was written to a people that were struggling with Does God really care about me? Does he really love me? And yes, he does. But you have to hold firmly without wavering to that promise so that you can receive what he has promised. He keeps his promises. We think of people in life that have overcome adversity. I always think about this one movie that I really like. There's a a movie clip that Chris is going to put up, but it's a story about James Braddock. The movie was called Cinderella Man. Has anybody ever seen it, Cinderella Man? It's a boxing movie. It's a great movie because it talks about how this person who was in the Depression, during the Depression, lost his job, had worked on the docks, had lost his job, but he was an amateur boxer, and then he has a chance for a title fight, and he actually happens to win it. It's a true story. But in between that time, when his out of work, um, very poor. The family is just barely making it. Some of the people actually gave up their children to rich relatives or somebody else to take care of because they literally just couldn't feed their kids during the Depression. It was in the 1920s. And so uh, what happens is James Braddock comes home from, I think, believe losing his job, and his family meets him. And so there's this conflict that has happened. His oldest son, who is only about 12 years old, had stolen from the butcher. And James Braddock has to decide how he's going to handle this. Now, if I was in his shoes, I would probably be really angry that my son had stolen or I would at least show that. But James Braddock shows some relational wisdom here that we could learn from. And I think he does it because he's looking past the present conflict into the future. He really believes that there is hope. He really believes that he can do something about his life, that he's not stuck just in the place that he's at. And he believes that something's going to change. And so let's take a look at it right here. Isn't that a great clip? About how a father relates to his son. But it's even more so when you think about our heavenly father. How does our heavenly father relate to us when we have sinned? Does he all of a sudden just turn us away? No, he corrects us. But did you see how James Braddock got down on one knee looked his son in the eye and told him I promise you I'll never send you away you belong to me in a sense that's what god was saying there and that's in a sense that's what god was saying to joshua when he told him be strong and courageous i'll never leave you or forsake you you don't have to fear follow my will And I'll be with you. The scripture says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know, the more you understand God's great love and His plan and His future for you is secure and you have that assurance you're able to live in the present moment to help somebody else the greater you are to be able to live in the present moment and help somebody else, and also maintain your faith in God. If you're assured of God's love, if you're assured of His plan for the future for your life, that there's nothing that can come to you that can't go through the hands of God, there's going to be a greater assurance in your life. And that's why the Scripture says, don't throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what He has promised. That's the beauty of following Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of the story of Joshua that the people of God followed what God had said. And they saw amazing things happen. And God does the same thing in our lives today. If if we'll place our trust in Him. A faith that won't quit... Takes perseverance. God wants us to persevere. You know, there's so many scriptures in the in the there's so many scriptures that talk about perseverance. And it says, "Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete." not lacking anything. So perseverance is something that God invites us into and values. Uh, Tim Keller tells a story of uh, two women, and he makes an illustration here, and I just want to share it briefly with you. It was some time ago, um, there was uh, two women of the same age, the same socioeconomic status, the same educational level. They even had the same temperament. And Keller uses this illustration. He's making it up. He says, so you hire both of them. You put them each in a different room on an assembly line, uh, A, placing A A part into B part, connecting it together and moving on. And they have the same room. It's the same dark, uh, you know, not too well lit room, no windows. They work eight hours every day, and uh, you make the lighting and the temperature and the ventilation the same way. You give them the same number of breaks every day. It's boring work. It is boring work. And then, after a couple of weeks, uh, but you say, but you say to the one woman, you say to her, "I'm going to pay you thirty thousand dollars at the end of the year. After you work one year, you will get." a check for $30,000. The other woman, you tell her, after after one year, I'm going to give you $30 million. Okay, so the break happens after a couple weeks, and the two women meet each other, and the one woman is saying, man, isn't this tedious? Isn't this driving you insane? Putting Part A into Part B over and over again. Man, I just feel like quitting. And the other woman says, man, I just love this job. You know, this is the greatest thing. The difference is that the other woman is going to get $30 million and the other woman only getting $30,000. Their future is impacting their present attitude. Their future is impacting their present attitude. Now, this illustration isn't not intended just to, uh, uh, based on a good income. What it's based on is that what we really understand and believe about God and our future, if it's secure, if He's in control, it's going to have an effect on our present circumstance. We'll be able to go through a lot more. We're going to be able to consider it pure joy when we fall into all kinds of different things because God is in control. The Scripture says this, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in one who shrinks back. Meaning this, that God says, I'm going to be coming one day. I'm going to be coming. You can, it's guaranteed I will be coming. Or you will pass on through death into eternity and you'll meet me. One way or the other, you are going to meet me. And what I value is somebody that will continue to have faith in me. And then the the scripture goes on to say in verse 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now I want to give you just some practical ways that you can place this lesson, uh, this scripture into uh, practice. One of them is this. The first thing that we have to do is humbly renew ourselves In our faith. Our faith in God's character. As one who keeps his promises. That has to be the key part of our faith. We don't put faith in faith. We put faith in God, his character, and his promises. The second thing is, you follow through. You don't quit. You take steps of faith and obedience as you wait on God to fulfill his promise in your life. And third, you remember that God has promised A glorious future. Your grasp of this will help you through your present struggle. God is able to do that. And so, when God is saying, I want to develop you in a a faith that won't quit. He's really inviting you into a deeper relationship with Him. He's really inviting you into this relationship with Him that's based on His love and His promise. And Him being able to be that kind of heavenly Father who really will uh, meet you where you're at and be able to teach you the things that you need to know. So I want to encourage you today uh, to open up your heart and open up your uh, life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he does love you. He cares about you. And uh, a lot of times we can go through life and never make that connection with God. And I encourage you to make that connection with the Lord today. Open up your heart to Him. And say, Lord, I want to know You better. I want to understand Your will and Your purpose in my life. And God will take you up on that. Let's pray. Father God, we come before You in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know. We know that You care about us, that You love us. That You are God who keeps Your promise. And Lord, sometimes... We're not even aware of the things that You have promised to us. And so, Lord, we don't have that understanding and that knowledge to trust You. But Lord, I I pray that even the Scriptures that we said today, Lord, those those that speak to us about trusting You, about being a God who uh, does keep Your promises, I pray, Lord, that we would understand that even more in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for uh, this day that you've made, Lord. We thank you for uh, uh, this time that we could be in your house. And we do pray, Lord, even as we sing this song, Lord, that these truths will become a part of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name.